You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Blake Sullivan of Roto Baller. Welcome in. This is the Hot Take Podcast. We are back for another episode. Of course, last week you did tune in. We had Matt Harmon on the show. We were talking wide receivers. We are going to take a little break from our rankings. The past few weeks we've done rankings, running backs, and wide receivers. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to use these rankings. We're going to do a little mock draft. Blake, I know you're excited for that. We have fun with these mock drafts on the hot take. Yeah, I think I could do a mock draft every show and just be fine with it, but that's not exactly what the listeners probably want to listen to every week. They're probably doing enough drafts on their own, but I think it's important because we can help find some value for people, uh, maybe some things that they're overlooking in their drafts, and it's kind of important to take a look at that before you get going into your own drafts. Yeah, I hear you. Like, I could definitely do a mock draft episode every week. I kind of think that that's what the listeners do want to hear, but we kind of just got to make them like wait for it, you know? <laughs> like, you know, every time like I hear, you know, any of the podcasts that I'm listening to uh, and they're doing a mock draft, that's like, oh, all right, this is a good episode, you know? So I, I think that this is what they came to listen to. We have Jim Day on the show today of FF Champs of Full Time Fantasy. What is going on, Jim? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Yeah, the fantasy Taz in the flesh. And, of course, you know, we want to uh, thank you for setting up the, the FTF pod net, having us on there. We're with a great group of guys now. Um, so just before we get started, we're going to uh, – first we're going to talk a little ADP, and then we're going to get into our mock draft. But before we get started, Jim, just talk to us about the FTF pod net and then FF champs, if you would. Well, the, the podcast network, the full-time fantasy podcast network is, you know, three weeks old and we're already at 17 podcasts, a little over 30 hours of programming each and every week. Uh, we've got a lot of great podcasts on the network, including yours, and we're glad to have you. And, you know, we're just hoping that between all of us, we can continue to grow uh, each individual podcast and then as the network as a whole. So. That's what the plan is. Hopefully it works out that way. We're going to keep trying and plugging along and see what happens. Uh, FF Champs, I mean, I've just taken over the site this year. And, you know, it's a, a good site. It's got a lot of great tools on the back end, um, you know, draft tracker tools, mock draft tool, um, what they call the FFCPI, which is their player index, which basically you can load up your leagues into the website. And then the player index will work with your league setting to not only – uh, walk you through who you should start each week, but, you know, different recommendations for other moves you can make for your team. So a lot of good things coming. Our draft kits do to come out early in July, and we're really looking forward to that, getting that up and running. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we are going to get into some of this ADP. We're actually going to use the Play FFWC full-time fantasy ADP because we have a quick question. And this is something I run into all the time because if I'm not drafting Travis Kelsey, I'm waiting on a tight end. And sometimes I wait a really long time for a tight end. Like before I even know it, I'm like, oh, I don't have one and I need one. So we have some late round ADP. Trey Burton, first of all, guys, last year, 
depending on which, you know, stats platform you're looking at, he either finished as wide receiver six in full PPR, or he was the wide, or I'm sorry, tight end six in full PPR or the tight end eight in uh, half PPR. So, you know, he is a top 10 guy first year in, uh, you know, as a starter with the bears. And then you have Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle is playing with Andrew Luck. Okay. That's just plain and simple. He's playing with Andrew Luck. Of course, you have Eric Ebron, who had a fantastic year, top five tight end last season uh, with his 13 touchdowns. But I want to know, guys, who are you drafting if you're on the clock now? ADP says Trey Burton is an 11th round guy, and Jack Doyle is a 14th round guy. I mean, this is crazy. You can wait and get one of these guys. So, Blake, I'll lobby it up to you. I think I know your answer, but who are you going to pick? Yes, I really like Jack Doyle, and obviously playing – on the Colts team, that offense is high powered. You've got Andrew Luck back there. That's the recipe for success, but he's not the clear cut front runner on that offense. Eric Ebron's kind of in that spot right now. Um, And if if he does get injured or something like that happens, I think maybe Jack Doyle slides above Trey Burton or is even with Trey Burton, but Trey Burton's already got that role locked down for the bears. And you look at what he did with his first year with the bears being a top 10 guy, uh, I, I don't see any way that those numbers don't increase this year by just a little bit, maybe make him into a top five tight end, and you're going to get a huge value on him way back there in the 11th round. Yeah, Jim, uh, go ahead and take it, uh, because I think there's a case to be made for both of these guys potentially finishing as a top five guy, especially when you consider the landscape of the tight end position. Well, I'll tell you, I have to disagree with Blake here on this fact that he thinks Ebron is the number one in, in Indy. I, I don't see it. Um, if you go back to last year, before the injury, when Doyle was on the field, um, he was getting double the amount of pretty much everything over Ebron. Uh, he was getting twice as many snaps. He was getting twice as many targets. You know, he was putting up good numbers until the injuries happened and that, you know, took him off the field. Ebron, of course, went on to have a great year. But how how much of that great year can he sustain? Can he possibly do 13 touchdowns again? I, I just don't see it, especially with Doyle healthy. I think Doyle is the clear-cut number one in, in Indy. This is a guy who had 80 receptions in 2017, uh, almost 700 yards, four touchdowns. I, I see I, – I may not get to that level again, but I still think he's going to be the top guy on this team. With Ebron, you know, he's going to have his role as a good – red zone guy he's going to get that a lot of play and he may lead in touchdowns but Doyle is definitely the guy I want in PPR league I think he just ends up seeing a lot more targets a lot more receptions and more yardage than Ebron does and I take Doyle over Burton as well Uh, again this is a guy that luck trusts he knows and while they do have a bunch of new weapons this is a guy he feels comfortable with I think he ends up being a very solid producer in this offense uh, and, you know, with T.Y. Hilton on one side and you know, uh, Funchess on the other and maybe even some Paris uh, Campbell coming in there. Uh, you know, a lot of weapons there, but I think Doyle is going to be the end, end up being the, the TE one for the team. And while I don't think he has, he'll be a top five because of Ebron's there, I do think he absolutely ends up in the top ten. Yeah, so, you know, the beginning of the last season, you know, Jack Doyle was seeing over 90% of snap counts where Eric Ebron was seeing 45% week one, 28% week two. And then, of course, Jack Doyle went down. 
So Eric Ebron, his snap percentage went way up. He was the only man in town. So, of course, uh, you know, he was out there. Then Jack Doyle comes back. 73% snap count, 87%. So he's out there because we know that the Colts love to run two tight end sets. So Jack Doyle's out there. He's going to be more of, you know, uh, the blocking tight end as well. But he also goes out on the short intermediate routes where you'll see Ebron lined up in the slot. And he's probably going to get a lot more quality reps, I'll say. Because he's going to be the field stretcher and he's going to be the red zone guy. Not saying Jack Doyle can't be a red zone guy because he can be. Um, going off your point, Jim, you know, that 2017 season, of course, uh, you know, that was with, uh, oh, man, what is the quarterback's name? It wasn't Andrew Luck. It was Brissett. Brissett, Jacoby Brissett. So he had to obviously rely on Jack Doyle. I think T.Y. Hilton was banged up all year. Um, so that 80 receptions is kind of skewed. I don't, I'm not saying he can't get back to it with Andrew Luck because I've said on the hot take before, this offense is a top three offense going into 2019 with all the weapons that you just mentioned, Jim. That is why I'm taking Jack Doyle over Trey Burton. Um, I'm getting the discount in the 14th round. Nobody wants Jack Doyle. And then I'm attached to Andrew Luck at my tight end, and I didn't have to pay a penny. So I feel very good about that. I would much rather have that over a Mitchell Trubisky, obviously. Um, but I see your points, Blake, because Trey Burton going into the Chicago offense, they were, you know, hey, what would the, he could be the next Travis Kelsey going into this Matt Nagy offense. Um, there's upside for Trey Burton. But I want that if I'm waiting that long on a, a tight end, I want that stability, especially in the PPR. So I'm going to go Doyle. Yeah, the one one thing you got to look at too is we're talking about those games and the the target numbers and things like that. Uh, you got to look at the touchdowns in those six games that Jack Doyle played. He only had two touchdowns. Sure. You look at those games that Ebron played. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven touchdowns. So, and is yeah, that in the games that Jack Doyle played? Yeah, those are in the games that they both played together. Ebron had around, uh, I'm not sure the exact number, it was around 10 less targets, but he had five more touchdowns. So right. uh, in the long run, it kind of balances out. Yeah, and I think we understand that Jack Doyle is more of the PPR guy, possession guy, and Ebron is going to be the touchdown guy. Uh, look, if he can get double-digit touchdowns, Eric Ebron is, is the man. But, uh, you know, we, I think we can see regression coming, especially because we have Devin Funches coming in town. Uh, who can be a red zone threat. Um, but yeah, I'll take the discount on Jack Doyle, um, I think, between the two. But either way, you know, I think both of these guys are really uh, should be looked at as undervalued, and really you're getting a discount um, if you wanted to wait on the tight end. So let's start this mock draft. I'm excited, guys. So, Blake, you're going to be coming out of the sixth spot. I'm going to be out of the nine. And then, Jim, you're going to be at the 111. So let's get started without further ado. So, wow, David Johnson off the board, no, 102. No way. I've never seen that. So we got Saquon, of course, David Johnson at the 102, Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and then Melvin Gordon at the 105. So now it's to Blake, and wow, you have an easy okay. make. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, really, holy crap. Me and Steve both had Ezekiel Elliott as our – consensus number one running back for the year so if there's no way he's gonna slide to the sixth spot I just don't see it ever happening in a draft but I'm not I'm not gonna pass up on him either 
Yeah, and let me uh, paint the picture for the audience here. Uh, so this is a Superflex PPR redraft mock draft. So Superflex, and we have no kickers, no defense. So we're going to have two flex positions that are regular wide receiver, tight end, running back. And then we have one flex spot that is a super flex, which means, of course, you can get a quarterback. <laughs> I'm at the 109 here. It's on me. Um, so I'm looking at Joe Mixon. I'm looking at Le'Veon Bell. Of course, I could. And then Devontae Adams went off the board um, right before me. I'm going to do something I don't usually do. And I am going to draft a running back. And it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. Um, I'm really, really liking what the Jets have to offer this season. Um, I think they're going undervalued when it comes to fantasy. I think Sam Darnold has a lot of upside, and Le'Veon Bell is going to be his favorite target. So I'm, I'm taking him off the board at the 109. Michael Thomas off the board at the 110. And then, Jim, you're on the clock. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really don't like how this draft is unfolding. <laughs> um, okay, make my pick there. All right. Oh, and I'm back. Okay. Well, then I'm going to take. Oh, that's a good value there. So Jim, I'll take him anywhere in the second round. If I can get him in the second round, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. So Jim at the 111 goes Joe Mixon. Uh, and then back follows that with Todd Gurley. Just talk to me about those picks real quick and, you know, going running back, running back. Well, first of all, I really love Joe Mixon this year. I think, uh, you know, this this offense can be much improved uh, if they can stay healthy. Of course, that's always the, the issue. But I, I love him. It, down the stretch last year, the last six games, uh, he was a monster. He was one of the best running backs in the game. I expect that trend to continue. Um, I have him right now. And my uh, – I just want to say my sixth running back off my board. Um, and so, you know, I can't fault getting in there at the 11. And then, of course, coming back at – at uh, 202 and getting Todd Gurley. Again, I think everybody's overreacting to Todd Gurley. Will they manage his reps a little bit? Sure, absolutely. But yep. this guy is still a red zone threat each and every time he touches the ball. He gets the most red zone carries in the league, um, and he makes use of it. He's going to be a double-digit touchdown scorer again. He still catches the ball a ton. So he may not have 300-plus touches this year, but even with 250 We've seen guys that have as much talent as him with those few carries still being a top running back. And I'm looking at Alvin Kamara when I talk about that. He doesn't need to have that many to be that productive. Neither does Todd Gurley. I like that, Jim. Uh, you're right. Everyone's overreacting. Um, we're going to have a clearer picture of this in August, obviously. But I see a scenario, you know, all this Daryl Henderson hype, you know, I think people are misunderstanding that. They can have stand. Daryl Henderson can have standalone value this season, um, as you know. Maybe you're running back three or four, where you can flex him on a given week depending on the matchup. Uh, but Todd Gurley is still going to be the guy. And you know, yeah, sure, if they manage his reps, okay, then Daryl Henderson gets a couple more. But you're right on that goal line when it matters. Todd Gurley's getting the ball. Um, J James Conner goes off the board at 203. I'm at the 204, and I had a decision to make. I had. You know, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Odell Beckham, and Julio Jones to choose from. I have Julio Jones as my wide receiver, too, uh, right behind DeAndre Hopkins. So it would make sense that I would go him. I did not. <laughs> I went Odell Beckham. I'm having trouble passing up Odell Beckham at this spot um, just because of that upside. I think that, you know, you know what you're going to get from Odell. 
even though he's going to be in this Browns offense we've never seen, want that upside. I want to have, you know, this peak winning wide receiver um, on my team every any given week. I love that, you know, 30-point possibility every week. So that's why I got Odell Beckham. Even those weeks when he's on the trainer's bench like he has been in 16 of his last 32 games? Yeah, even, even those weeks when he's you know, on the sideline injured or making, you know, <laughs> a, a, you know a, a big distraction, you know, punching, uh, kicking nets and everything like that. Uh, even so, I want that upside, so I'm taking Odell Beckham. Um, Juju off the board, Julio off the board. Blake, you're on the clock. Yeah, this kind of puts me in a weird spot because there's some talented wide receivers here. Um, and with that really early running back run that we had and a little bit there in the second round, I'm kind of tempted to take a second running back to kind of stay ahead of that curve. But with Antonio Brown here, it's a 2.7. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I think a lot of people are low on Antonio Brown, and I'm also one of those people. But, you know, he's been a top five PPR wide receiver for the last six years. And in four of those years, he's been the number one. So when I'm taking him as the seventh overall wide receiver, I'm going to live with that. I agree with you 100%. I mean, you're talking about, you know, he's going to a team that needs him. true number one. He's got it. Um, you know, they brought in a good running back I think will help. They brought in another deep threat on the other side to take a little pressure off him with Tyrell Williams. And I, I think, again, Antonio Brown is being underrated where he is. I mean, uh, look at what Carr did last year with, with you know, a, a whole glut full of wide receivers and tight ends and people coming out. He still threw for over 4,000 yards. I think Antonio Brown there. I mean, I, I think we see his touchdown numbers slip a little, but I still think he's going to see a, a boatload of targets and, put up plenty of receptions in yardage. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I think Antonio Brown's a great pick in that spot. Um, Damian Williams goes off the board. T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans at the 212. Nick Chubb, 301. Great value there. Fournette, Marlon Mack, Devontae Freeman, Amari Cooper, and then Blake, it's back to you. Yeah, so I've got another interesting play here. You know, there's more of these running backs gone off the board. Uh, but the one I really liked, Devontae Freeman, he's gone. So that's not an option for me any longer. Uh, there's two guys on the board right now that I really like. That's going to be George Kittle and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I always hate being that guy that takes a quarterback <laughs> early. But since it is super flex, I'm going to go ahead and take Mahomes. Even if I, you know, I, I'm going to have plenty of trade bait with Mahomes. So I don't think I'm going to have too many issues by taking a quarterback that early, but uh, I typically would not do that. Yeah, I like it. I uh, was going to consider Mahomes here too. Um, I don't think I was going to pick him. Um, I kind of already, just, as you were said, Patrick Mahomes, I kind of decided I wasn't going to get him. Um, so I got two guys that I'm thinking about here. It's Carrion Johnson or AJ Green. And I'm at the 309. So I think both of these picks, um, you know, are going to be fine. Like I'm, I'm good either way. The way I usually draft, I like to stack up on the receivers. I want to get at least two guys who I consider studs. Um, but I haven't had any carry-on Johnson shares yet on any sort of mock draft, real draft, whatever. Um, I'm going to buy into the hype that he's going to be a high reception guy this year. And it's PPR format. If they uh, release the Riddick, which has been rumored, 
then it's wheels up for carry on Johnson in this passing game. I'm going to get him at this 309 spot. Um, so Zach Gertz goes off the board 310. So we got our second tight end off the boards. That means George Kittle is still available. And then Jim, it's back to you. Yeah, I was really hoping Josh Jacobs would fall to me here. I really wanted to go with him, uh, really solidify my running backs, but that's not the case. So I am absolutely going to go with, man, see the wide receivers here are all, it's a pretty good tight group here that I like. Yeah. Um You know, I'm going to go with the guy I think is just going to be a monster. Julian Edelman. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Nobody could stop him even when he was the only person on the field. They're not going to stop him now. So, Julian Edelman. And I get back, and I still get A.J. Green. Nice. I like that. No, that's that's fantastic. Um, Now, Julian Edelman is my wide receiver 11 going into 2019. Um, Look, no Gronk. Uh, you got a rookie wide receiver on the other side, uh, and then you have Philip Dorsett, who uh, you know isn't going to generate that much receptions. Dave Montgomery goes off the board to 312, probably someone I would consider. Uh, Stefan Diggs, and then of course you got AJ Green, which I think is solid. So you got two Cincinnati Bengals uh, in Joe Mixon and AJ Green, and then uh, Philip Lindsay goes off the board. So it's on to me, and it is the 4 4. So I'm looking at the running backs. I feel pretty good with my two running backs I have. I'm thinking wide receiver because I only have one. Um, and I'm in between Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, or Tyree Kill. And look, Tyree Kill is going to miss some time. We know that. Uh, it seems like it's going to be eight games. We really just have no idea what it could be. It's either going to be six or eight, most likely. It could be none. It really could be none at this point. Um, but I'm going to get him anyway, because I feel as if Odell matched with Tyreek, no matter how many t- games that Tyreek plays is going to be really tough to beat on any given week. So Derek Henry off the board, Robert Woods, and then back to Blake at the four seven. Yeah. I really don't think he's going to miss any time, but you, you know, you got to, you got to kind of prepare for that just in case. I was going to take him and stack him with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I really would have loved to have had that. So, George Kittle is still on the board for me. Yeah. Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz have gone off the board. I'm going to go ahead and take Kittle. He's essentially a wide receiver. So, you know, this takes the need of tight end off the board for me. So, I don't really need to worry about it anymore. I'll probably get somebody with the last pick of my draft. Um uh, and it, it did kind of hurt me. Two of the running backs I was hoping to get right here to turn did just go. So I did uh, kind of sacrifice there. Brandon Cooks goes at 4-8. Cooper Cup, 4-9. Andrew Luck, Tyler Lockett, and Mark Ingram round out the fourth round. Then to start the fifth, we have Kenny Galladay, Chris Carson, James White, Chris Godwin, and Sony Michelle. Uh, so that, that really did kind of hurt because I was hoping to get Chris Carson and James White here especially James White with the PPR format. So looking at your yeah, I'm not I'm not as high on White as most people are. I know he had a great season last year, but a lot of that was when Michelle was injured, Burkhead was out. They didn't really have a lot of options at the running game. Now you got Michelle back. I know he just had the scope, but he'll be fine by the start of the season. Um, and you got Burkhead back. They brought him back. And then they go out and draft Damian Harris. So once again, you got a four-headed monster there. Hmm. 
And I, you know, I, I like James White, the player, but because he's on New England with Bill Belichick, he's going to be a, you know, a part-time guy that, you know, fits whatever need they need that week. And I just don't see him as being as consistent as he was last year. He's never been that consistent guy ever before last year. So I think last year is more the anomaly than what we can expect going forward. If James- yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a crowded backfield, but I feel like as the 25th overall running back, I'm probably going to take a chance on him being there. If it was a standard format, I probably wouldn't, though. Right. No, I People mean- still play in standard formats? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great points. I mean, both of you make really great points for James White. I mean, there's – look, <laughs> there's uh, obviously that there's a crowd of backfield. He's not, like, the main guy where, you know, you could get a Chris Carson who seems to be that right now. Uh, but then also you got – Gronkowski is gone. Like the points I made earlier for Julian Edelman, there's not a lot of pass catchers for this New England backfield or New England offense in general, especially when you consider all the history that James White has. So I see both points. I'm probably more inclined not to draft James White in the fifth round, um, but I can see it being in a situation where, look, they like the small ball in New England. They want to get Julian Edelman the ball underneath. They want to get James White involved. So I can still see him having tremendous value. Uh, but the fifth round is probably just too rich for my blood. So, Blake, I was going to ask you, because, like, I was looking at your team, and you have one running back, one receiver, one quarterback, one tight end. So I wanted to ask you, does that play into this pick at the fifth round? Like, is there any one position that you feel like, oh, man, I need another player at this position? Well, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't need another quarterback or tight end at this point. So it would definitely be between running back or wide receiver. Uh, Like I said, we've had 26 26 running backs go now. So I was kind of hoping I could get a running back. Uh, But available guys are Kenyon Drake, Tariq Cohen, Darius Geis, all guys that are talented players, but I just don't know that they're the guy. Um, So I went with Calvin Ridley, who, again, he's probably not the guy. But on that offense, he's going to get – a lot of looks. Hopefully that touchdown number can stay up there. It's probably going to fall back a little bit. Uh, but I, as long as those receptions stay up there and the yardage stays the same, uh, I'm really liking Calvin Ridley in the fifth round. I love it. I love it. No, that's a great – I mean, it's high upside, obviously. Um, he's going to be your boom type of player, uh, pairing him with an Antonio Brown. Um, so I'm on the clock here. Uh, Sammy Watkins and Jarvis Landry went off the board. Pro- Might have considered Jarvis at this spot um, in the PPR format. Um, but not necessarily, you know, mad that I missed out on him. Um, I'm at this point going to go Kenyon Drake. I don't, again, another guy I don't have a lot of shares of, but, you know, I, I see the upside. I see him being the pass catching back um, in Miami, and I'm looking forward to what this offense can do, actually. So Deshaun Watson goes off the board, someone I was definitely considering in this super flex, but I decided I wanted to wait on the quarterback. Um, and then Jim, you get Mike Williams, so we got to talk about Mike Williams at the five eleven. I love, I, I, I've always loved Mike Williams. Um, you know, even coming out of college, I, I thought he was the best wide receiver coming out of that class, uh, even above Corey Davis, who most people think is the number one. I, I thought Mike Williams was better. Of course, he didn't get any kind of traction in his first year as a rookie because of the injuries in preseason and then lingering into the season, so he never really caught on. Last year, we started to see a glimpse of him, especially the kind of touchdown monster he can be. Uh, but I, I think we see a lot more out of him this year with Tyrell Williams gone. And I see see him starting to take a much bigger role in this offense. Uh, so, you know, again, 
I'm hoping for the kind of numbers I was hoping for, you know, him last year to really, really come through this year. Um, you know, look, he's still got a good quarterback. They still got a great offense, good defense. So they're going to make plays and I expect Williams to, to be highly involved. So I like him a lot this year. And now I'm up again. And uh, I mean, there's nobody who really sticks out here sure. that yeah. I really absolutely need to have. Right. Um, at running back. So let's see. We look at wide receivers. Here, I got a point for you guys. DJ Moore, man. I've been seeing DJ Moore go earlier and earlier. As a matter of fact, I saw him go in the draft the other day at the end of the fourth round. Is, am I just being ridiculous and thinking that's just way too too early for DJ Moore? I mean, I know the upside is possibly there, but we're talking about a quarterback who, who's coming off the injured shoulder. We don't know exactly where he stands yet. And let's face it, this passing offense has been very sporadic. They love to spread it around, get different people involved all over the field. Um, you know, they got Olsen back at least to start the season. I'm sure they'll have Ian Thomas involved as well. I just don't see I, me being able to put that much draft capital into DJ Moore. Now, here in the sixth round, I might consider it. Uh, you know, I, I like him. I, I think he could do something, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So here in the sixth round, I was looking at, you know, available running backs and didn't really love the choices there. Same with wide receivers. A lot of different guys that I like. But, uh, you know, to me, the one difference maker that was still on the board is, is Aaron Rodgers. And it is a, a super flex. So, you know, you want to have that two starting quarterbacks each week. And I think Rodgers has definitely bounced back this year. I think that offense will be a little bit more explosive. Um, let him do his thing a little bit more often. So I expect him to have a nice bounce back here. Not that he was totally terrible last year, but for fantasy, he wasn't what most people expected. I, I definitely think that will change again this year. So I have no problem with him as my starting quarterback. Oh, no, no definitely. And, you know, a quarterback run is going to start here sooner or later. So, uh, you know, it's like you kind of have to do some damage control eventually in these sort of super flex drafts. Um, I typically love waiting on the quarterback. So I'm here. Rashad Penny goes off the board after Aaron Rodgers. I'm here sitting so I could get Baker Mayfield. This is my this is my thing right here. I can get Baker Mayfield or I can get Robbie Anderson. Um, and, you know, when you think about it in the super flex draft, Baker Mayfield is way more valuable to your team than Robbie Anderson. But I could wait and I could get somebody like a Jameis Winston later or someone like that who I feel – can be a weekly starter over Baker Mayfield now. So I'm going to play a little Russian roulette here, and I'm going to wait on my quarterback just for the sake of the mock draft, and I'm going to get Robbie Anderson, and I'm picking Robbie Anderson over the aforementioned DJ Moore. And, look, I like DJ Moore a lot. I think he's a great player. Um, he is what I thought was the wide receiver one coming out of last season. I thought he was better than Calvin Ridley. But we have to consider he's on the Panthers. Like you mentioned, like they like to spread the ball around. We don't know about Cam's shoulder. I mean, 
they're saying it's good. He's been throwing in camp and he's been looking all right, but we still really don't know. And we had Matt Harmon on the show last week. And what was he talking about, Blake? He was talking about Curtis Samuel. Absolutely. And you can pick DJ Moore in the sixth round if you want, or you can get Curtis Samuel in the ninth or 10th round. And I'm more inclined to take the value in someone who I can feel like can put up comparable numbers next season. With Curtis Samuel, first of all, he missed the first three weeks. Um, and then, of course, they had to buy, and then he went on. But in, in those last uh, 13 games, he had eight games of double-digit points. He actually scored more on average per game than D.J. Moore did. He scored 10.6, 10 point, almost 10.7 points in PPR, where D.J. Moore was, was scoring 10.2 per game. Um, and D.J. Moore only had nine games of double digits in 16 as opposed to eight in 13. So, uh, again, I, I'd much rather get Curtis Samuel later at the discount than I would paying up for DJ Moore. 100%. So I'm here at the 6.7, and I've got kind of a, a tough decision to make. Uh, there's two guys on the board I really want. I want Lamar Miller, and I want Tariq Cohen. Uh, but Tariq Cohen is the first one to go off the board. So I'm probably going to go ahead and take him first and then try to get Lamar Miller at the turn. I doubt it'll work. I can't remember the last time I heard somebody actually say they were trying to get Lamar Miller. (laughs) I know, but he's going to have to be a key part of that offense this year. So um, that's what they said last year when there were no other options. And I mean, he was okay, but he wasn't anything spectacular. I'm personally, I think Dante Foreman has a good chance of actually taking that job away. Well, we got, you know, Lamar Miller, who's the guy who's the perennial. Oh, man. I just <laughs> get sniped right before your pick there, Blake. That would have been nice on that turnaround. That's uh, brutal. He's a perennial <laughs> RB2. He's the starter for the Houston Texans. Yes, DeAndre can, can, can overtake uh, his position. But, you know, he's still coming off of that Achilles injury. Uh, you know, he looked – we didn't really get to see how he looked last year, to be honest, uh, Deontay Foreman. Um, no. my money is on Lamar Miller to keep that job and, you know, to at least just be a usable RB too. I mean, that's what he is. He's kind of turning into like Frank Gore. I mean, yeah, he's just he, like RB 20 and you know, whatever you get, what you get. He would have <laughs> been that RB 33 at that point. So right. I'm not, I'm probably not drafting him as a RB RB two or even a top end RB three, but at that point he's basically a flex player. So I would definitely have him as a flex player. Um, A lot of tight ends going off the board here. Evan Ingram, Eric Ebron, DJ Moore at the 6-12. Baker Mayfield went off the board. Uh, Daryl Henderson at the 7-2. And then it's back to you, Blake. And then we saw that Lamar Miller just got sniped right before your pick. Yeah, so that kind of changes the way I'm going. I was going to get another running back. I've got two. I also have two wide receivers right now. So I'm kind of evened out right there. But there's no running backs that I'm really liking in this range. But I do like Allen Robinson, so I'm going to go ahead and draft him at the 7.6. Oh, you a-hole. <laughs> you knew I wanted Allen Robinson. <laughs> I kind of knew, but I kind of know I want him too, so I didn't feel too bad. Well, I was just looking at the wide receivers av- <laughs> available, and I was like, oh, wow, I actually like a lot of wide receivers in this range. Um, and it's Al- okay. I know, who, I know which one you're going to take now. Wow, really, do you? Okay, yeah. so Drew Brees goes off the board, someone I probably wouldn't pick. Miles Sanders at the 7.8, I think – Look, I like Miles Sanders a lot. I mean, he was my RB1 going into the draft. Um, 
but out, out of the rookies. But I think that might be just a little early. Uh, we're getting like word that, you know, he's had some hamstring issues. Um, Jordan Howard is getting a lot of, you know, good news out of camp, however you want to read into that. Uh, but yeah, Miles Sanders, maybe someone I would have considered here, but I'm looking at all these receivers. Um, and there's an kill Harry, there's Dante Pettis and there's Christian Kirk, all three of those guys I'm considering right here. Um, I'm actually going to go Christian Kirk. Um, and what did you think I was going to go Pettis? Uh, I was thinking Akil Harry. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I like Akil Harry a lot. I really do. Um, but I went Christian Kirk here. Um, I really like that he can be the big playmaker guy in this high-powered Arizona Cardinals offense that we haven't seen yet. But, you know, as advertised, it's supposed to be very high-powered with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury out there. Um, that should be a pass-first type of offense. Um, so Dante Pettis off the board. And then Jim, Ronald Jones at the 7-11. Talk to me about Ronald Jones. Look, I loved him coming out last year, except he was too big for his britches. He didn't come in ready to play. He was out of shape. He thought he was king hot stuff and realized real quickly that that's not how it works in the NFL. Well, the, everything I'm reading from the, the beat, local beat writers down there is that he has definitely come in with a different mindset this year. He's coming in much better shape. Uh, he's ready to work. He's out there working. He's working hard early this Early on the field, he's usually laid off the field. He's working hard in the meeting room, and they're saying a lot of really good things about him. Look, I'm not a Peyton Barber guy. I don't think he's got it in him. And obviously, they still thought something to Ronald Jones because they didn't really go out and invest in bringing anybody else in, whether it be through the draft or free agency. So I, I think Ronald Jones is going to be a big surprise to a lot of people this year. Um, and again, I, I thought him coming out last year, you know, before – everything you know before the him going into preseason and looking like a fat turd um i thought he would put up a decent season it's just he was too big for his britches it didn't work i think he learned a little bit something about it by him you know being uh on the sideline for most of the season and even sometimes even just a healthy scratch i think that really you know showed him what what's what and he needs to put the work and i from all i'm hearing he's putting in the work now I think we're going to see a major change in his game this year. To your point, Jim, is anybody really a Peyton Barber guy? <laughs> like, is there someone who's like puts their like flag on Peyton Barber? I don't know if they really. Every do. year, there's somebody that still seems to think Peyton Barber could be a thing. You know, I know what? People I... were drafting him last year. No, definitely, and he had value last year. Uh, and I'm kind of being, uh, you know, being facetious here. But when I say that, it's just, you know, who who is it? Is it Ronald Jones or is it Peyton Barber? My money's on Ronald Jones, but he's just not a pass catcher. That's my problem with Ronald Jones. And I know that they want to like, you know, pass the ball in a Bruce Arians offense. Um, I just don't know if he can have value in any sort of PPR um, format. But Look, if you have the starter on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense at the 7-11, uh, you know, it's just great value there. Um, and I think that there's all the upside in the world when, like you say, people have forgotten about Ronald Jones and they've already wrote him off. Um, I, I think it's uh, a little premature to do so. Um, I think that Ronald Jones has a chance in this league. Um, so there's no wide receivers I want right now. I would consider Sterling Shepard, but I think I'm good on wide receiver. I'm considering quarterbacks. There's two of them that I would consider here in Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray at the 804. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger on Kyler Murray. I'm going to snipe my boy Blake like he sniped me. And, uh, and 
pair up Kyler with my guy Christian Kirk. I'm actually kind of glad you did it because it takes the temptation away from me. I really don't need another quarterback just yet after taking Patrick Mahomes early. Uh, and I do need a running back because I missed the bus there. We've had close to 40 of them go now. And things are starting to get a little thin. But one thing's really sticking out to me. And, you know, this is a really risky play in the middle of the draft. I'm usually looking for safer plays right now. But Jordan Howard's sitting there. This is a guy that's easily uh, running back two if he gets the rock. And I'm a little bit concerned. You know, maybe he won't. You've got guys there like Miles Sanders and then, you know, like 15 other running backs in that committee. But Jordan Howard should be able to take the lead role in that backfield, I think. So I'm going to go ahead and put my trust in him. He did show his pass catching ability, had improved some last year. So maybe, uh, maybe things are looking up for him. I mean, Jordan Howard, 1,000 rushing yards, three straight seasons with the Bears. Um, he looks to be the lead guy there, even with Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders can take that job and maybe get the majority of the carries. But like you said, it's a running back by committee. So on a given week that you see the matchup is good, yeah, you can play Jordan Howard and you can feel pretty, pretty good about it. So then we got – uh, at the 8.8, Jared Cook goes, then Golden Tate, DK Metcalf, Geronimo Allison, David Njoku rounds out the eighth round. To start the ninth, we got Cam Newton, Vance McDonald, Royce Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Jared Goff. Then it's back to me at the 9.6. I'm going to go running back again. Another risky pick, but another guy with great upside. Uh, I think he's going to be an RB2, maybe RB3. I, I should say RB3 this year, but I think he has the high RB2 upside. I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon. He's definitely going to have to share some of that ball with Tevin Coleman, which could hurt him. But coming back off the injury, they're probably going to want to be cautious with him anyway. So uh, maybe it'll help him be more effective. No, it's a great pick. I mean, you know, we're not sure who's going to stand out from this uh, 49ers backfield. Uh, they went out and got McKinnon. They wanted him to be the guy, unfortunately, toward the uh, Then they go out and get Tevin Coleman. Uh, so we know the history he has with Kyle Shanahan. Could he be the lead dog? It looks like it's going to be a running back by committee because don't forget about Matt Burita. Uh, but Jared McKinnon, like I said, on a given week, I mean, you know, he can really be the guy. We'll see how it pans out. I think that's a great pick in the ninth round uh, because it's not, it's not very risky there um, with all the high upside. So Sterling Shepard, someone I would consider. He goes right off the board. Marvin Jones off the board, another good pick. And then I'm at the 909. Uh, I haven't gotten a tight end yet. Vance McDonald went off the board. He was someone who I wanted. Um, probably should have grabbed him instead of Kyler Murray. Um, if I would, if I could redo it, I probably would just get Vance McDonald at the 804. I think he's going to have a great season uh, and could be in for the second lead in targets behind. Uh, ah, in, nah, no way. Well, what? Who would it be? No way. Who would it be? James Conner. <laughs> No, I think the second target is going to be Dante Moncrief. Yeah. The um, true number two wide receiver in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that right now because I think it's going to be kind of like Moncrief. It could be James Washington on a given week. Um, it could be uh, Ryan Switzer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Switzer, Ryan... will be, Switzer will operate a lot out of the slot. I think he has a decent year, but. I think Moncrief is going to be better than most people expect just yeah. based on his recent history, um, just because of the quarterback plays he's had around him and the injuries that have plagued him. And 
I I just think he's better than people give him credit for. And I think with a quarterback like this, with a system like this, I think he's going to show to be a lot better than people expect. Yeah. Um, I am going to get Carlos Hyde right here. And just for the chance that he can become, uh, you know, at least getting something like 10 to 12 carries a game. Um, if Damian Williams doesn't pan out, um, I think Carlos Hyde has standalone value with Damian Williams that he can, you know, be maybe a touchdown guy. But then if something happens to Damian Williams, you have a starter uh, in Carlos Hyde. Nicole uh, Hardman goes off the board, and then it's back to you, Jim. And then before you make your pick, I just want to say we're going to go a full 12 rounds. We're not going to go to 14. We're going to go 12. Okay. Oh, man. Well, in that case, uh, no, I'm going to wait on that too. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, it's tough choices. There's some tough choices here. Let's see. But I'm going to go with a guy I think everybody's passing on, but I still can't get away from him, and that's Larry Fitzgerald. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, you know, as as my wide receiver five, I'll take that every day. If this offense is going to be as, you know, offensive as they expect it to be, I expect Fitzgerald to get be a big piece of that as well. I know they got a lot of young guys there, but, you know, I, I just can't see Kingsbury going away from Fitzgerald with the, what he brings to the table. So I like that. And then I'm back again for another pick and – I'm going to go with Corey Davis. Nice. Yeah. I mean, eventually someone has to pick Corey Davis uh, in the 10th round. Uh, that's good value. He could get something like 120 to 130 targets this season. Uh, and then if he does, then you return value there. Um, well, plus I think with the added weapons they have around him in both Adam Humphreys and AJ Brown, yeah. it'll take some of the defensive, uh, positioning off of him I mean that's the one thing that happened to him last year is that there wasn't anybody else to take the defense away from him so he saw a lot of double teams he saw a lot of over-unders you know things along that line now with these other two weapons and I do think both of them are weapons I like both Humphreys and A.J. Brown um, I think their you know defenses aren't going to be able to just sit on Corey Davis so really uh, you know all of this really comes down to which Mariota do we get do we get the Mariota you know from early on before the injuries happened, or do we get the one where the constant injuries keep taking him down a peg? This is his make or break year. He either gets it done this year or he's looking for a job next year. I love it. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. Uh, when you, especially when you lay it out like that uh, with the added weapons, taking the defense away from Corey Davis a little bit, um, you know, maybe that's why they brought in the weapons they did. Because really, I mean, last year it was Corey Davis and, you know, just everybody else. But, you know, you got Delaney Walker coming back healthy too, which I think can help. Uh, so really it's a great call. Um, you just need to rely on Mariota, which can be problematic um, in fantasy football. I don't expect this would actually happen in a real draft. I haven't seen him go in the 10th round yet, but I'll take it here. Yeah, no, most definitely. No, I think I, he slips. He does. I mean, Corey, people are forgetting about Corey Davis. So I, I really do think it's, you know, it's good to gobble that up because, uh, you know, especially like that's kind of what you've done this draft. You know, you did the same thing with Ronald Jones, right? Um, Larry Fitzgerald, people are kind of forgetting about. Um, you know, it's a certain point you're, you're going to return value and then some uh, if people just keep flipping. Um, so I am going to get K- Kiki Cutie here. A lot of my wide receivers are kind of like boomer bust guys or kind of deep threat guys. 
I like the idea of Kiki Kuti being the underneath possession receiver. Uh, if he can stay healthy, which has been pretty problematic for his career thus far, uh, then he's really a possession guy who I like to have in a PPR format. Um, so Jalen Samuels off the board, I think that's a great pick. D.D. Westbrook, and then it's back to you, Blake. Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly how many wide receivers have gone now, but Emmanuel Sanders is still sitting down here in the 10th round. Uh, so we're easily into the wide receiver three range, almost wide receiver four range with as many as have gone. Yeah, he's had the big injury, but they say he's looking great in camp. Uh, based off what he's done in the past, you know, he's, he is the guy in Denver now. Uh, and you got Joe Flacco now. So you got a quarterback that you can kind of trust a little bit more to be consistent, even though he's probably not the best quarterback that Emmanuel Sanders could have. He's going to have a consistent quarterback that knows what he's doing. So I'm going to take Emmanuel Sanders here, uh, and I'm going to feel really happy about that. I saw some video of him just uh, last week where they, you know, he was out on the field and, and he was just running some routes. And, uh, I mean, he was cutting easily to both sides. So it didn't really, you know, it looked like he was back. I mean, usually with an Achilles, you can see somebody having straight line speed quick enough, but it's the cutting that they can't do. It takes a while to get into that. But he was he was cutting easily with no problem. Yeah, no, you look great on that video. Um, so uh, Isaiah Crowell went off the board, and that just shouldn't happen. Um, he's obviously <laughs> already torn his ACL, and he's done for the season. Uh, so that was a, a mess up by the bot there. Uh, Curtis Samuel, right before you, Blake, would you have considered him here? Yeah, I definitely would have thought about it. I do have five wide receivers right now. Or no, I guess I have four. So, yeah, I probably would have thought about it. Um, but Paris Campbell sitting down here, who I really like, uh, I might've considered him over Curtis Samuel. I don't know. A AP is sitting here. Um, but I don't know how much I really trust him. Rounds. Yeah. I think, I think I, if, uh, with being super flex, I would probably start looking at a second quarterback here. Uh, but I would probably wait another round or two. You've got Lamar, Lamar Jackson and, uh, Dak Prescott down here who I'd like. Sorry, I think I think I'm, I think I'm gonna go ahead and take Paris Campbell. Nice, yeah. I mean, that's a great pick. Obviously, I think that there's gonna be a lot of value for Paris Campbell. Another player off the. What is going on with sleeper bot right now? Picking players that aren't playing in 2019. Rob Gronkowski goes off the board. <laughs> I mean, what? I, I did consider taking Gronk with my very last pick of a draft. Did you, just, just in case? Well, just in case he does decide to come back, I'm not really out that much, and it could be good trade bait. Yeah, just like last pick, just in case. Well, yeah, that, I mean, hey, that, that could be a thing. It's not something I'm considering at this point, but look, it wouldn't be the crazy. I think it depends how deep your league is. In 14, a 14 round, you wouldn't. But if you're doing like a 20 round draft, I would consider it because if he goes on the waivers, you're probably not going to get him. I'm in three dynasty leagues and Rob Gronkowski is rostered in all of those leagues. So that kind of goes to tell you people are like hesitant to cut him just yet. Um, but drafting him is another thing. <laughs> um, so it's back to me. We're only doing two more rounds. So I, I want to get uh, my second quarterback locked down and I want to get a tight end. Again, I might wait a little bit later if we did like a full 15 or 18 round draft. Um, but I'll get my quarterback now just to kind of, you know, talk about my mindset in a, in a, um, in a super flex. So I got Kyler Murray early on. I might not do it just this way, but what I do like to do with this super flex is I like to get a rushing quarterback. 
And so that's why I just got Josh Allen. Um, he's a big play guy. He was the QB1 over some time last season, the QB1 overall. Um, and it's just – there's a lot of upside here. There's a lot of, like, erratic uh, play that you have to deal with with a guy like Josh Allen. But then he's going to make up for it with the rushing. I imagine the Bills are going to be down in games. Um, and I really like what he gives you with the rushing and then potential with the rushing touchdowns. Um, and then speaking of that, Jim, you got Dak Prescott, who I think is a great pick and was someone I was considering as well. Well, you know, the one thing people fail to realize, everybody says, oh, he's not a good quarterback. Meanwhile, he's been a, a top 11 quarterback in all three seasons right. of his, you know, of his run and definitely improved once they got Amari Cooper. Um, I think what I really like about this offense now is the addition of Kellen Moore at offensive coordinator. Cause you know, it, look, a lot of this is just gut feeling right now, but everything that the reports are saying is, is Kellen Moore is just a guy that's going to come out with different looks, almost every play running different personnel, different procedures, because he loves to have versatile players on the field that can do a little bit of everything. And they have a lot of that now. They have Tavon Austin, who is that kind of player, can you know run, can catch, can do a little bit of everything. Alan Hearns does a little bit of that. He can line up in any position. Uh, now they got Randall Cobb, who can do the same thing. So they have a lot of players that they can move around, as well as having a good receiver in Amari Cooper and one of the best running backs in the league in, in Zeke. So it's not like defenses can always crowd Prescott. And, you know, he continues to make plays. He He's good in the red zone. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes so you know I, I agree I, I think he's a guy that's just being undervalued now with all these new weapons and everybody wanting to get these these younger guys uh like Josh Allen and stuff before him and I, I just don't see it I mean I get what Josh Allen did down the stretch with his legs but he still needs to improve a ton as a passer and the one oh, yeah. thing we've seen in the past is that really good running quarterbacks that can't throw have a tendency to not last too long um, if they can't learn to, to hit the side of the barn. And right now he falls into that category with Lamar Jackson for me. They're both good runners, but until they improve as actual quarterbacks, as throwing quarterbacks, I can't have any faith in them. We saw what uh, the Chargers were able to do to Lamar Jackson last year, just basically take him out of the game. And the way he's throwing the ball right now, if he doesn't improve – most defenses are going to do the same thing. I think we'll see a lot of that same type of thing with Josh Allen. Um, okay, so now I'm going to go with tight end, and I am going to go with a guy that just signed a new extension that, you know, I think will bounce back a little bit. It wasn't terrible last year, but that's Kyle Rudolph. I think when you look at down the stretch of the season with them last year, when they decided that they were going to go more run heavy with Cook, you also saw Kyle Rudolph get back involved in that offense where he was seeing five, you know, five targets a game on average. I think that trend continues this year, and I do think they get him more involved in, in the red zone. I know they brought in Herb Smith too, but I just don't see Herb Smith having a big impact as a rookie. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, I think Kyle Rudolph is a great – you know, there was a lot of speculation is he even going to be on the team, and then they sign him to that lucrative deal – uh, no, I think Kyle Rudolph is just your, a solid tight end for you. Um, I chose Jack Doyle right after that. Of course, he's the guy we talked about at the beginning of, uh, of the, uh, the show here. 
And, you know, I just – I think that Jack Doyle being one of these tight ends in this uh, Andrew Luck-led offense um, is going to provide a lot of value in a PPR format. Um, Jack Doyle's on the field. It looks like he's going to be healthy. Um, I, I just like him at this spot. I might have even been able to wait another round on Doyle. Um, but he is just kind of the epitome of, like, waiting for a tight end this year. You can just grab him, and he could easily finish as a top 10 guy. Um, going back to Dak Prescott, the reason why he's so good or why he finishes as a top 11 guy in his first three seasons in the league uh, is because he also gives you about 300 rushing yards, and then each of the three seasons that he's played, six, touch, six rushing touchdowns. Um, yep provides that sort of thing you can't rely on touchdowns you know you can't just say oh you chalk it up six rushing touchdowns but look when they're in the red zone they run that option and everyone is gonna obviously be eyeing Ezekiel Elliott Dak Prescott walks right in um it happens more often than not um I, I really like Dak for that reason um but Josh Allen more of the upside play more of the rushing kind of running back guy Again, like that for my flex spot in a super flex league. Um, of course, he's a deep ball thrower too, so he's going to give you those big plays as well. Um, that's always nice to have in that super flex spot. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of poetic. We brought it full circle. I'm going to take Trey Burton after you take <laughs> Jack Doyle, and we both we, we talked about these two guys to start off the show. Uh, you know, the wide receivers and running backs weren't really heavy. I didn't like many of these guys that are available. Uh, we got some injured guys, some guys that are going to be second, third string players. Trey Burton, we already know he's going to be a top tight end option. He's at least going to be a tight end two, if, but I would assume a, a higher tight end one. He ends up being the tight end 16 in this draft. So, right. uh, you know, definitely he's a lot of meat on the bone for some upside. It's, an, it's unreal, really, when you think about it. I mean, he's a top eight guy last season, but yet he falls to tight end 16. And, you know, the, he's just fallen. Uh, there's, there's no I, – I guess he, what happened is people wanted him to be like a top three guy, and he wasn't. And so because he wasn't, there's a bad taste in everyone's mouth, and so that's why he's slipping. Um, Blake, read back your team real quick, and then, Jim, you do the same. Yeah, so I started out running back. I went Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Brown – Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle, Calvin Ridley in the fifth round, Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, Jordan Howard, Jarek McKinnon in the ninth round, and then Emmanuel Sanders, Paris Campbell, and Trey Burton to round out my 12 picks. Let's see. I started with Joe Mixon, came back with Todd Gurley, then followed that up with Julian Edelman, A.J. Green, Mike Williams. Took my first quarterback with Aaron Rodgers, came back with Ronald Jones as my third running back. And then followed that up with Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, Larry Fitzgerald, and Corey Davis as my four, five, and six wide receivers. Took Dak Prescott in the 11th as my number two quarterback. And then Kyle Rudolph in the 12th as my number one tight end. Awesome. And then for me, it's Lev Bell, Odell Beckham, Carrion Johnson, Tyree Kill, Kenyon Drake, Robbie Anderson, Christian Kirk, Kyler Murray in the eighth round, Carlos Hyde, Kiki QT, Josh Allen, and then Jack Doyle. Um, real quick, Jim, was there anything in the draft you might have changed or, uh, you know, just looking back, would you have said, oh, I wanted this guy instead here? No, see, I, I get asked that question a lot, but I'll be honest with you, no, I don't normally fall that way. I do so many drafts that I'm always thinking the next guy up. Who's the next guy up? 
because, you know, if you go in thinking, oh, man, that, that was the guy I wanted. He got taken. I don't know what to do now. Right. Then you're kind of screwed. You're behind <laughs> the eight ball right away. Right. Um, I'm always looking at who's the next guy. If my, if that guy that I wanted, I mean, sure, there's plenty of guys that went before me that I would have taken in another draft. Um, but the fact of the matter is he wasn't there for me, so I just took my next guy up. And that's how I look at it always. And I try not to get into that whole Skype, you know, somebody sniping me mindset because I just don't think that's really productive when you're in a draft and it's a fluid situation. I love it. I love it. That's great advice right there, Jim. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Uh, you can catch all of Jim's stuff at ffchamps.com, full-time fantasy. Uh, Jim, tell everybody about uh, the After Dark pod that you guys got going with Andy Singleton. Yeah, Andy Singleton and Frank Scandoro every Friday night at 10 p.m. It's the FF Champs After Dark show, and, you know, we, we like to get loud and rowdy, and, you know, we, we've, uh, we've done that so far, and that's a good thing. We've already got a couple of crazy bets going on for the season on a couple of players. One of them includes Moncrief versus Washington, um, and obviously by now you know which side I'm on. Um, unfortunately my two co-hosts are going to be wearing pink t-shirts that say they're a football fantasy football loser but at the end of the season oh i can't wait to see andy singleton wearing one of those (laughs) (laughs) it it will be fun it should be fun yeah i'm looking forward to that uh blake tell everybody about draft pros real quick and where they can sign up yeah so feel free to go over to the fsgn.com backslash draft pros uh, if you just go onto the website, we've got a page there called Draft Pros. Yeah, so it's pretty simple. You just go over and you can select Stephen or I or Nate Hamilton or Jeff Lambert uh, as your Draft Pro, and we will help you with your fantasy drafts, whether you can't make it due to obligations or appointments or birthday parties, whatever it may be. We can draft your team 100% on our own, or we can also video chat with you during your draft so, like Jim said, you're always thinking the next guy up and you're in a fluid situation. That way you have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Uh, also, we're going to be having Slack chat with lots of other experts too, not even just us four, so that you can ask waiver wire advice, trade advice, all of that good stuff all season long. So be sure to go over there uh, to the FSGN.com, click on Draft Pros and check us out. Awesome. Yeah, and we are going to have this mock draft up for you guys on our Twitters. Uh, so check out at FFProfessorST3, which is my personal handle, at Blake Sullivan FF, and then at Fantasy Taz to catch all of Jim Day's great fantasy football content. Uh, on behalf of Jim Day and Blake Sullivan, my name is Stephen Troni. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.